All right. So, Walt, I've got some good news, actually, that I forgot to mention to you. Ooh. I, uh, our podcast got mentioned on another podcast. Really? Yeah. I connected with this girl named Hope. Yeah. Um, who has a blog and a podcast talk called Hope Unyielding. Um, and she did a Q&A episode, and I asked her a question for a Q&A, and so she mentioned our podcast. That's really cool. cool. She was enjoying it. Um, so, yeah, everybody who's listening to this, you guys should go check out the Hope Unyielding podcast. Um, it's really cool. She talks about just kind of life stories. She has somebody else on the podcast each episode and interviews them, asks them That's about something. Cool. It's very open and honest discussion. It was really yeah. cool. Um, that is really so, cool. Yeah. That's one thing I, I hope we kind of can start doing is it'd be cool to have other people on mm-hmm. here. Um, just different people have different views views and different things that they are more knowledgeable or even just care more about. And mm-hmm. so it's, I think that would be super cool. talk about uh i forgot what you want to talk about i want to talk about um it it's kind of about i think it's one of the things that i don't want to jump into talking (laughs) i would like to talk about kind of individualizing and personalizing your faith right um and it's something that causes a lot of division needlessly i mm. think and it's kind of frustrating to me yeah um people look at differences in their f- faith and the faith of people around them how that plays out and they feel like all f- people should all christians should be acting exactly the same mm-hmm. you know and so i wanted to talk about areas these kind of gray areas where um some people feel very strongly one way or another and to other people it really doesn't matter that much yeah and just different ways that like we are individuals and yeah. so we are going to have an individual relationship with god and so how does that what does that look like and how yeah do we navigate we've that? mentioned this kind of thing before on our division in the church episode exactly we talked about the thing how people can be divided but yeah let's talk about how you can personalize your faith um and you know i think that's something and this is a little different than than exactly what you're talking about but personalizing your faith or when i hear you say that Mm -hmm. i think of taking ownership of your faith as well yeah for those of us who grew up in a christian home you know, mm. at some point you have to kind of make your faith your own and not your parents. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can, because if you grow up and your parents go to church, your parents live Christian lives, then when you're a kid, you kind of just, you know, have your, your faith goes through your parents almost yeah. and not directly, it's not directly between you and God. Yeah. Um, you kind of just follow along mm-hmm. and that's what's done. Yeah. And you don't really realize it, I don't think, or at least I didn't until 
the point where I did take ownership of my faith. Yeah. I reached a point in my life where I was like, okay, I kind of just realized it's time to grow up a little mm. bit and figure out exactly what kind of person I want to be yeah. and why. Yeah. Um, and everybody's going to hit that at some point, probably, yeah. hopefully. If, it's like, yeah. It's like the same t- around the same time where you start realizing that your parents are people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like. You yeah. You start to see, oh, wow, yeah, that's just... It's not just mom and dad. It's, these guys have a, their own personalities yeah. and relationships yeah. and everything. Yeah. I think that's kind of, you know, somewhere along in there you start to realize, oh, yeah, so my faith is not just an automatic thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of now have to decide I kind of have to either keep this ball rolling if you grew up in a Christian home or is this actually what I'm going to believe and mm-hmm. how I'm going to you know live my life yeah and if you didn't grow up in a, a Christian home then the same point still kind of comes around I think you yeah. figure out okay just because this was how I was raised is this how I'm going to continue to mm-hmm. live my life um that's cool. I would. I didn't think about that, but you're right. That is like, right along with mm-hmm. personalizing your face. This first faith, you can personalize your face too. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little different. But personalizing your faith, yeah. Yeah, is first of all, first, take ownership. You have to take ownership of it. You, you know, and some people, I think, even after they their parents pass away or they're not living with them anymore they continue to just go through the motions of what they saw their parents doing Mm. you know just because you don't live with your parents anymore doesn't mean that you've taken ownership of your own faith you could still just be going through the motions yeah um so make sure it's real for you first off and and decide that this is you know really what you want yeah Um, but then, yeah, let's talk about some of the differences, because well, one... No, go ahead. This segues in, too, like, what I think might happen sometimes is we take that step of kind of making it our own. We've realized that, you know, it was something our parents had taught us or we had grown up with, and so you have made it your own. Um, and now it's no longer just dependent on your parents. But sometimes what we do and what we substitute out is now we make it, it all depends on what are other Christians doing. Mm. Um, it's still very much you're comparing yourself mm-hmm. to other, to your peers, other Christians. And so you figure out, okay, what is the average Christian doing? That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what I'd like to talk about. How do figure out when that's a good thing and figure out, you know, maybe we shouldn't all be trying to look like the average Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something that I heard, I think it was Francis Chan and I don't know if it was uh, his direct quote or if he was quoting somebody else, but it's good. A good point. Regardless, um, your faith, you should, your faith should be strong enough to where, you know, and I think this is how you know that you've personalized your faith as well. If everyone in your life, everyone around you, st- was no longer a Christian, mm. completely decided, you know what, I don't believe in God anymore, yeah. would you still follow Christ or not? Mm. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good way of, of you know, thinking about, sit down and think about that and you'll realize how much do you depend on the people around you yeah. 
Um, you going with the for flow your relationship? Or are you yeah, really in it for good. And I think it's it's easy to fall into the going with the flow and just doing what other people are doing. And I don't even think that that's necessarily a bad thing all the time. I think yeah. you can pick up some really good habits and mm-hmm. learn a lot from yeah copying other yeah. people. I, I mean, think Paul said, "Be an imitator of me, as I am an imitator of Christ." Right, yeah. and so. I think you got, that's how everybody has to start. You mm-hmm. got to start imitating something, you know, mm-hmm. but then make sure you make it solid. Don't just be wishy-washy. Yeah. You know, start off imitating, but then yeah, you got to mm-hmm. make it your own, which is what we're talking about with growing up with your parents. You know, you start out imitating them and at some point you got to kind of, once you have the actual judgment, you got to decide if that's actually what you want to be. Mm-hmm. So after you have done that, you decided that this is what you want, you know, then all of a sudden, once you are a believer in Christ, you have so many more specific details and decisions to make, you yeah. know, because there's so many different church denominations and different you know, so many different practices mm-hmm. that people have that ways are, of yeah and the thing is they all are pretty good mm-hmm. like you think about it and it's like man yeah that's a that's a good thing to do i should start doing that and this is something that your dad um, has a, a devotion that he gives about and it's so good about how it can start to feel like a list of chores so yeah. so you've you know in your church you notice somebody that they're just diligent with prayer Mm -hmm. and they are every time an issue comes up they're right on point taking it to god um and so that is like such a strong suit and you're like well i'm not doing that nearly (laughs) enough Mm -hmm. and so you start praying go home and you start trying to become exactly like them somebody else has maybe somebody else in the church has um they're learning Hebrew, you know, mm-hmm. to Hebrew and Greek to read the Bible in the original text. Well, holy smokes, that's a great thing to do, probably. Mm-hmm. I got to go home and start learning how to do that. And so what I'd like to get at is there's all these different good things that you can do, but we're one person. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure out what's really important to you. Yeah. Um, and important in your relationship with Christ, yeah. you know, and it, 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 it's risky, you know, because if you start trying to do what other people are doing, it's probably for one of two reasons, you know, either there, you feel like you feel inadequate or like you're not doing a good enough job because they're, you feel like the other people are doing more than you mm-hmm. or you want to be better than them. Yeah. Um, so you're trying to do more than them, yeah. which are almost the same thing, even, mm-hmm. you know, to comparing yourself to other people. Um, and that's one of the reasons that people fall into legalism. It, yeah. and it, your relationship with God is between you and God. It doesn't involve other people, you know, and it, it is a personal relationship. And I'm not... Mm-hmm knocking the church obviously we need the church and the Mm -hmm. community of fellow believers but comparing yourself to other people in the church isn't a good idea yeah it's not gonna benefit you i think 
you can learn from other people and you can be inspired, but if you're trying to outdo them, <laughs> yeah, that's a the that's a bad idea. And if you're you shouldn't feel like you're not a good Christian because you don't pray as often as yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Either, you know. And I can give a a personal example. Um so I went through a year of Bible college and during that time um we had a whole maybe it was a whole week we talked about the names different names used in the Bible the names of God. Um and so there's a lot of really cool ones and it was so cool to learn about all the different meanings they had. Um Jehovah, Elohim, um, all these really cool names. And then there's one that's the name of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, it's cool because so many people, it's so, it's such a powerful thing that they'll never speak it. And even the scribes that would uh, transcribe the, the Bible um, would, would just write four letters kind of abbreviated they felt like it was too powerful to write the whole thing it was Mm -hmm. something that was such a high had so much power to it they wanted to respect it really well um and so a summer i was working here it was like being used as a pun one day and it was something that during bible college i decided that's really Mm -hmm. that's really a cool kind of personal practice i would like to um not speak that that name for God. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would think that would be an interesting way to experience just kind of the reverence for God. Mm-hmm. And so that was a personal choice that I made. But suddenly people were joking around about it, and my immediate reaction was like shocked and mm-hmm. offended. Mm-hmm. by these people who didn't have the same reverence for the name of God that I had. Yeah. And I felt like this righteous anger that I had to <laughs> fix everybody. Yeah, And that's what I'd like to mm-hmm. tell people to hold off for a second. Um, because of this, that was something that was very meaningful to me as an individual. And I wouldn't say that everybody should go and make that same decision to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not speak or write a certain yeah, and name. And I want to say, I'll say the name that Walter's talking about yeah. is Yahweh. Yeah. Um, which he chooses not to say just out of reverence. Yeah. And it's not, and I mean, I'll say it. Yeah. And I, I, not because I disagree with Walter. I think that is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and thankfully now I'm starting to learn just cause you just said it there. I don't have to be personally offended and mm-hmm. feel like I have to teach you how to respect God. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. So yeah. that's a great personal example. I feel like, um, just, there's so many things that you can, you can get out of different things like that. Um, we talked about, yeah, even respect for that physical Bible. Um, some people feel like like putting a dog, like dog-earing it or whatever that's called. Oh, when you've been fold the fold page, a little page in to keep track. Some people will never do that mm-hmm. with a Bible. Um, that's a kind of personal thing that they've done that means a lot to them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that they have to make everybody... Um, do the same thing that they're exactly. doing. Yeah, it's like that's fantastic. If you've got some habit or practice that you do out of reverence mm-hmm. to God, that's fantastic. The f- issue comes in when you start trying to force other people to yeah. 
see it the same way you do. And they, other people can't because they don't have the exact same relationship mm-hmm. with God that you do. Yeah. Because they are different from you. You know, it's not that God is different. He's the same, but yeah. you're an individual and they're individuals. Yeah. So they, everyone has their own individual relationship with God. You know, with the Bible thing, it's funny. I, I don't, I don't dog ear my Bible, but that's not necessarily I, i've never even considered it i guess yeah. i didn't I, I feel like i if i had a reason to i would i yeah. just i usually can find something to use as a bookmark if i want one but right. i also something that we've talked about before like if i notice that i've got other books sitting on top of my bible mm-hmm. i'll remove them and put my bible up on top yeah and you know, there's nothing, there's not a verse in the Bible that says you shouldn't put anything mm-hmm. on top of your Bible or anything like that. Yeah. But it's, and I never feel bad if yeah. I have something sitting on top of my Bible and I notice it. Yeah. But if I notice it, all of a sudden, like, you know what? I would rather have my Bible. I think my Bible should be on top because mm-hmm. it's more important than the other books, you know? Yeah. And again, it's not something that I am at all saying it's wrong to have. Yeah. Just like you're not saying it's wrong to speak Yahweh. Yeah. It's just a personal thing. You're like, you know what? I'm going to do this. That's something else for me that I noted that I saw, I kind of adopted from other people um, that's very popular still is I take my hat off when I'm gonna, when we're praying, basically. Yeah. And not everybody does that anymore. Yeah. And but a lot of people still do. Um, and I do it. I didn't, and then I did, and then I didn't, and I realized I started doing it because it's just a physical act that I can perform that'll help me get my set my yeah. mind on Christ, you know, yeah. and what who I'm actually talking to, and mm-hmm. it's not at all because I believe that God can't hear your prayers through your hat or something, you know, or that I believe it's wrong to pray with your hat on. Um, but something else that I realized that, you know, there's other reasons that I do it as well, I guess. And one is that some people do get offended if you pray without taking your hat off. Yeah. You know, and I would disagree with those people, but I also don't mind taking my hat off. Right. So if I can keep someone from feeling offended, by yeah. simply taking my hat off, right? Then why wouldn't I do that? Why not? You yeah. know, there's that verse that says like, as far as it's up to you, live in peace with those mm-hmm. around you. It's like exactly. There's so many simple little things that you could do, just to avoid conflict exactly. like that. And, you know, that's no the reason. way that I feel nowadays about the masks. Yeah. You know, wearing a mask out. And, um, yeah, I see some people that are just refuse to wear a mask. It's yeah. like they've got some. They believe that. It's it's an infringement of our rights as Americans to have to wear a mask out in public. Yeah. Oh, and I've got other people who are feel like if you're not wearing a mask, then you're saying that you don't care about anybody else's life. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I wear a mask regardless of any of my views on the virus or anything yeah. like that. I wear a mask just because I'm like, all right, if I put this on, then I know nobody's going to be offended yeah. You know, or feel like I'm putting them at risk or anything like that. And I don't mind yeah. wearing a piece of cloth across my face. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't, it's, really it's not, a small thing. it's a small thing. And, and again, not any, regardless of, of how effective it is at stopping a virus or anything like that. Yeah. Just to 
put other people at ease, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. not offend or make anybody else uncomfortable, I think yeah. is a good enough reason for me to put a piece of cloth over my face. You yeah, know? I think so too. So, and it, if, if you're okay, switching gears a little bit, yeah, I think, um, it can start to sound weird to a lot of people, especially there's this whole, at least, you know, college age Christians, I feel like are very often kind of leaning towards non-denominational, a very different kind of church experience than, um, Mm -hmm. maybe what's been happening throughout most of history. And so I feel like people are leaning further and further away from different traditions and like liturgy. So, um, what I mean by that is like liturgy is like different practices and, mm-hmm. um, well, let's find out what exactly is <laughs> before you say the wrong yeah, thing. That's probably smart. Mm-hmm. Um, my definition for liturgy is different practices and like program that happens during a church service. Um, so, which is something that is very different from church to church and also something that people get the most offended over if you go to a church that does things different than the way they think it should be done. Yeah. And that's the thing is it, you should pick a church that you go to a church that allows you to bring the most glory to God, I guess that it, it, they worship God in a setting that is that you can worship in without being distracted by whatever is going on, you know. And for some people, that means old school hymnals only, yeah. no instruments or anything like that. Yeah. And for other people, it means a place that they can go and dance around, right. And clap and yeah. yell and anything else. Yeah. And both of those are fine. I think the issue is when you switch the your mind from going to a church that you that works for you Mm -hmm. versus going to a church that does things the way you think it should be done. I found a definition for liturgy here. It's a form or formulary according to which public religious worship, especially Christian worship, is conducted. So it's just like the schedule for how Christian worship should be Mm -hmm. happening. And so I had this experience in Bible college as well where I went to an Anglican church service. Mm -hmm. And that was completely different than anything I'd ever been to. Um, it There was a whole schedule going on. There were times where you needed to be standing, times when you needed to be seated, and times when you needed to be kneeling, the whole congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times when everything, where there was supposed to be absolutely no talking, and it was all very quiet, and then times where everybody's singing loudly. It was all very yeah form there was like a formula going on and it was completely different than everything i'd experienced growing up which is very much focused on freedom Mm -hmm. and i think that's such a great thing for sure focus on freedom and we're we have the freedom to not worry about um like the example of your bible and having other books on top of your Bible. We have freedom. That is not going to mm-hmm. condemn us to yeah. an eternity in hell. Um, but I'd like to make a case for liturgy here. And setting up some rules and guidelines for your own spiritual walk. 
And that is that they're not rules because you're not allowed to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say I, it's not that I'm not allowed to speak um, the name of God. Yeah. That's not a hard and that's not like a rule that I'm not allowed to do it. But it's a practice that helps me understand something about God. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I, that's what I think a lot of people kind of feel weird about liturgy and these kind of weird practices from the church. But... I think it's because liturgy can easily be taken too far into thinking that instead of doing these things because it helps mm-hmm. you grow closer to God, doing these things because you think it earns you your salvation yes. it's yeah. it's easy for people to switch to the other right. and that's not the attitude you want to have yeah it's not because we do have freedom yeah you know and i think there's that verse that jesus says if you love me you'll keep my commandments yeah and i think people can read that and think that it's a ultimatum mm-hmm. you know yeah if you love me you have to do these things if you don't yeah. do these things then you don't love me yeah. you know and that's not what he's saying what he's saying is just a statement of fact it's just if you love me you will naturally want yeah. to keep my commandments that's and i'm not result. talking about literature here i'm just talking about you know the regular falling after christ and avoiding sin yeah you don't we don't refuse to do these things because we're afraid that, you know, if I tell a lie, God's going to not forgive me. He's going to condemn me yeah. to hell for eternity. Yeah. It's not that. It's, I don't want to lie because I love God and I know that he doesn't want me to. Yeah. You know, it's like if, Walter, if you asked me to get you a cup of coffee, I would love to go get you a cup of coffee not yeah. because i'm afraid you're not going to be my friend anymore and you're going to stop talking to me if i don't yeah. but because i love you and yeah. i would love to bring you a cup of coffee you yeah. know it's like obedience is the outcome of love mm-hmm. and it's not the other way around love is not the outcome of obedience yeah what i have experienced in my life was exactly what you're saying i felt like i had maybe experienced or maybe it was just my per my perception of it that liturgy was it felt like all these rules that you had to follow to be a good christian Mm -hmm. to get god to love you or something trying to earn very legalistic Mm -hmm. but what a cool thing it has been to kind of rediscover liturgy later on and to realize wow what a great way to just personalize my faith figure out things that were really kind of important to me things that i think about and how to implement things into my spiritual walk that help me remember and help Mm -hmm. me learn these things Um, i think one way of thinking about it as well as is with liturgy or any of these like rituals or things mm -hmm. just things that you do um or abstain from you don't do them for God. You do them for yourself. Yeah. You know, you're not doing them to try and earn yes. anything from God. You're uh, doing them to help yourself grow closer to, to him. Do what? It's a great way to word it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's not, you know, it, it's so that you can help you help yourself grow. Yeah. It's not trying to earn anything or yeah. from God. God already loves you completely. Yeah. You know, there's nothing 
that you could ever do that would make him love you any less. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you can ever do that would make him love you anymore. Mm -hmm. He already loves you with all of his love. And everything else that we do is, you know, whether we like to remain silent in church or clap, Mm -hmm. both the person who sings and claps and the person who remains silent should do so out of love and because they are doing their best to bring glory to God. And it's not that one way is better than the other. It's that you have a different relationship with God and you think this is how I can best show my love for God. Yeah. This is the best way that I know how. Yeah. I think like, don't get too carried away with your freedom that you're not helping yourself to you know, develop some of these practices mm-hmm. and stuff. Like that's the thing. You can choose what you want it to be. Yeah. You've chosen not to speak the word Yahweh. Yeah. I choose to take my hat off and mm-hmm. move stuff off of my Bible when I see it. You yeah. know? It's like so it seems like oh it's real old and outdated to like kneel down and pray. Mm-hmm. But maybe that would completely change the way we think about our prayer. What a mm-hmm. different you know, physically coming before God in a different way can really help you understand what you're doing. And, you know, I think that's a good idea is, is changing it as well. Don't get so caught up in the way that you've used to do things. Yeah. Don't be afraid to give up something and pick up something new. Yeah. You might be able to, you mm-hmm. know, when, when kneeling to pray just becomes a, you know, something you do subconscious or unconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's not really helping you anymore. Yeah. You know. So find something that you think about every time you're gonna do it, yeah. and that that'll help you. Yeah. Get in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, and there's some that we all kind of take for granted, like um, saying "Amen" mm-hmm. at the end of a prayer. I feel like is that's a little form of of kind of a personal practice or a practice of the Christian faith. But think about you know that's something that i've been thinking about over the last few months like trying to really do it if i mean it and do it intentionally Mm -hmm. saying amen is i think it's pretty neat too it's all i mean that's what the podcast is about right intentionality yeah that's comes every so many things we talk about come back to just being intentional about it Mm -hmm. actually putting thought behind your actions yeah and so hopefully um, you can go out and think about areas of your faith that you would like to make different, make it mm-hmm. personal and meaningful to you. And this is where it comes full circle. And I want to warn against exactly what I experienced, which is I made something personal to me. It was very meaningful. And the moment somebody else wasn't doing man, I was, I was upset with them. Yeah. And so be very aware of exactly what it is. It's to help you. It's not helping. You're not trying to help God. Mm -hmm. You know, these are little things that you're able to do that help you understand or, um, help you in your, in your Christian walk and your spiritual walk. Um, so if somebody else is doing different things than you, Give yourself a little bit of time to cool down. Don't mm-hmm. just immediately be offended, which is 
it's hard to do yeah. because it is so meaningful to you. Mm -hmm. It's so meaningful to me that I don't say the name of God. And so, man, to hear people throw it around lightly, it like hits me like a load of bricks, man, yeah. which is exactly the reason I do it. That's such a powerful name to me now. Um, mm -hmm. But and they have different... I think there's something else to be said, too, for if you know people who do things differently than you, maybe consider following their same mm. customs when you're around them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, and if not for the reason that they do it, just out of love for that person, yeah. you know, just so that they don't feel uncomfortable yeah. with the, the words you say or the food you eat. Or right. Anything. And you might find that their little their little individual thing that they've got going on is significant to you too. You mm -hmm. might find out that um, their like practices it. is meaningful for you as mm -hmm. well. And so you could start doing it yourself. And not to say that um, it's kind of so tempting because you see people that it's like, wow, this is so meaningful to them. And then you try it yourself and it's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one thing I, for me, it's at least uh, something that I, I've experienced with that is like raising your hands in church. Yeah. I would see people doing that all the time growing up and then I try it and it's like, as soon as I would do that, I'm like my mind is completely taken off of God and huh. I'm just thinking about, man, my shoulders are tired. You yeah. know, huh. it's like, and I love the way it looks and you know, the idea behind it. it and everything, but it's yeah. just like, every time I've done it, I've just been like, I, it's just like, Something's it doesn't help. It's the opposite. You. It does not help me worship God. Yeah. It, it makes me feel uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. And so I just don't do it usually. Yeah. Cause I, for me, it's, it's about trying to stand comfortably so I can focus with my mind on yeah. God and talk to him. Yeah, exactly. It's different. You know? uh, your dad talks about um, having a devotion every day, mm. a, like a devotions time um, every day with God. And that's something that like, so that was hammered. I feel like in every Christian community I've ever been in, <laughs> yeah. you know, you need a daily devotion. You have to have a daily devotion. Well, mm -hmm. you know, your dad says, I didn't find any area in the Bible that said you had to sit down and have a daily devotion. Yeah. You know? It, it's, yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> uh, some kind of new Christian custom that's shown up yeah. that people think and is absolutely required. Yeah. And it's not. And it's a great practice. Yeah, maybe it's hugely helpful for 95% of mm -hmm. people. But you're allowed to not benefit from a daily mm -hmm. devotion in that traditional sense. You know, we, find something that is really beneficial to you. Mm -hmm. We do have freedom in Christ. Yeah. It's not bondage. We've been set free from our sin mm -hmm. and we're free to follow him. Right. And I hope that we don't use that freedom and become lazy with our faith. Mm. Cause that's what I did for a long time. Yeah. I had all the freedom and I had no practices in my, in my spiritual walk. Mm. No, cause it was all freedom. And so yeah. I had no, no kind of guidelines and rules to how I was going to behave mm -hmm. and stuff. And so being able to think about what was meaningful and actually put these kind of 
guides on myself was such a great thing. And exactly, it's helping myself to remember who God is, who I am, um, helping myself to be able to, you know, concentrate all different things like that. Um, I think it's really cool that we, you know, have that freedom. Don't use it lazily. Use that freedom and mm-hmm. personalize your faith. Exactly. Thanks for listening to Talking With Intention. We hope that you enjoyed the show. If you found any part of it meaningful, the best way to support us would just be to share it on social media. It might not seem like a lot, but it makes a big difference for us. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for new episodes, we'd love to hear from you, so my email's in the description. Also, feel free to check out my website, nwcollins.org, for some more blog posts on similar topics, as well as some short stories and poetry that I like to write. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.